Welcome to Rooster Radio. Okay, this is a very special Rooster Radio. We're coming to you from Melbourne. We're here at the Qantas Club. I'm Andrew Montessi with my co-rooster James Begley. Now we're in Melbourne because basically this is what the market demanded. So as many of you will know, there's been a massive story in the AFL that has really been developing over the last week. It's been regarding Essendon and drugs and the fact that 34 players have been banned for at least a year uh, following the drug scandal, which has really been unfolding probably over the last two years. Some have said it's the biggest story in Australian sport. I'm, I'm not sure I agree. Um, it has been huge, but... It's been big enough for Rooster Radio to sort of, at last minute, have to fly over here because we really want to be at the coalface. Um, you know, it's all well and good to read about the story in the papers and see it on TV and read about it online, but here at Rooster Radio, we don't, we don't stuff around. You know, if, if a story breaks, we want to get to the coalface and we want to find out what's really happening. So today, look, we've spent some time at Essendon uh, HQ at Tullamarine. Uh, and then we've been at um, the AFL players' headquarters this afternoon. We really wanted to find out what's happening from the inside. And what have we found? Where do we start? I mean, look, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> look, I'm just picking away at my pasta. <laughs> I've got a little pasta dish that I've managed to collect um, with my complimentary Qantas Club pass. And um, because I sit here and um, have a bit of a nibble at this olive, and uh, you've just taken my gherkin. That's just disgraceful. <laughs> but look, it's been really interesting because, as as I think you said to um, someone we were talking to today where did this end from a player's perspective it's almost like the impact is ongoing we don't actually know how far this will go particularly for the victims here which i believe are the players how do do i sum this one up i've got pretty clear thoughts really okay well you you tell me what's your initials okay let's just unpack um unfair and the right that gherkin is crispy by the way let's um Look, I think the right decision has been made by the letter of the law. And um, when you look at it, if you think about it, we, we the, A, well, the AFL players, sit mm-hmm. under an Olympic code. And that Olympic code as an athlete is very clear. And that yeah. is you cannot take substances which are banned by that code. Now, the hard part about this, and I've... I've thought about this a lot is that unfortunately the AFL world for a long period of time has has had a different culture Mm. and that's not a bad or or a good thing it's the culture is that you trust your employee and you trust the club and I think there's two two worlds have collided here and that is a culture of as a player you you submit your destiny to the doctor and the strength and conditioning coach. Mm. And you do not need to question. If you had to question everything that was put into your body, you actually wouldn't be an athlete because the amount of powders, the amount of energy gels, the amount of uh, vitamins that you're given on a daily basis, it, it wouldn't be, you just couldn't question every single thing that went into your body. So on one hand, you've got a culture which traditionally is you give in to those above you, has clashed with an Olympic culture of of an athlete 
who governs their world, and that is they, they, they appoint their own physios, their own doctors, their own coaches. And it is absolutely no defence to not know what goes in your system. And so two worlds have collided, in my, in my view. And look, my perception has always been of the AFL that they're almost, they've almost operated as a law unto themselves in that they feel like that they live in this isolated world where the AFL's rules and laws... They govern themselves. I started to really feel like this when I saw the sort of Kurt Tippett saga unfold from a trade perspective. A lot of what was happening there from the trade and who plays where and who, you know, what a contract actually means doesn't actually stand up in the real world. And I think there's elements of that that has come out in this Essendon saga. Like, the AFL has this own space, this own world, when a lot of what happens, if you apply that in the real world with real jobs and real work, don't actually think it would stand up. Well, a lot of people don't understand that the, that the AFL draft is a legally flawed process. <laughs> and if one player decided to actually challenge that in a court of law, yeah. it would be, uh, you know, found to be a restraint of trade. Yeah. And so, as players, you understand, though, that the, the greater good is that you submit to this draft because the strength of the game, the strength of the competition is greater than any one person uh, you know, getting the best deal. Yeah, and look, I probably digress there, but that's just my... Look, I think over the last few years, the AFL's sheltered world, I think, is starting to come unstuck in many ways. Um, you know, whether it's the draft or whether it's this drugs scandal, I guess, that's sort of exposed it. So what information that's new have we learned? Well, I guess today we learned from an inside source who was actually in the room. Mm, this was amazing. Um, when the players found out. And uh, the information has it that the players absolutely were blindsided mm. by what was coming. And, I mean, how did they describe the mood in the room but prior well, the to the in, judgment? The mood in the room, apparently, was um, really jovial. Um, you know, players were laughing and joking. The Bombers boys were having a bit of a giggle about stuff. And they just expected that it would be a pretty sort of stock standard sort of announcement, business as usual afterwards. But, um, yeah, from what we understand, when the announcement was delivered, it was a crap. This is, Shell shock. This is serious. Who, um, who do you believe has been most affected? Obviously, the players. I mean, one one question that gets to me, and I'll put this to you, is everyone talks about it as oh, you know, not everyone, but people out there say that players should be taking responsibility for themselves, and you know, whether it's vitamins or whatever, whatever they consume, whatever they put in their own body, they should be taking responsibility for that. But you, as a former AFL player, what would you have done if your fitness coach or um, a responsible fitness person at the club, at the Crows or the Saints, when you were playing there, said, look, James, this is going to give you an edge. What would you have done? Would have taken it completely. Yep. And that's the problem. This is a time bomb, been a ticking time bomb, and unfortunately it's exploded on Essendon's watch. Mm -hmm. And um, no other club will go through this ever again, and it's just unfortunate. This is what I talk about. Let's just clear up. It's unfair. It's unfair on the athletes, but it's the right decision. And the right, can you imagine Carl Lewis or Usain Bolt saying, at 100, you know, he's won the 100 metres gold medal and he gets tested positive 
for a substance, and I understand these players weren't tested positive, but let's just say he was accused of being a drug cheat. And he said, well, it wasn't me. My coach gave me something, and I don't know what it was, and so therefore I shouldn't be held. It doesn't stack up. And that's unfortunately the reality. Mm -hmm. My, My sort of fascination with this topic now begins where does it finish from a liability from a business from a you know from a culpability point of view is what does it mean financially for the Essendon footy club well yeah let's talk about the ramifications so look I think we read in one of the local rags today that you know Essendon as a club could be exposed to 30 to 40 million dollars of cost and I don't even know if that actually considers all of the impact so there's the potential legal ramifications of the players and as individuals taking action so as I mean let's look at it it's not just the current playing group ex-players like South Australian Henry Slattery who was going to be coaching a country footy club can no longer do that so I mean we're talking to some contacts today so the extent of this is if a former Essendon player who was among that, that group of 34 wanted to play in a tennis competition they couldn't do it they're banned wanted to play in a casual golf competition they can't do it so Henry Slattery wanting to coach Nuriupa footy club he can't do it now he's banned for a year so that the impact is significant in that regard from a player's perspective and then there's assistant coaches getting marched off yep. training grounds uh, 25 minutes after the decision was brought so this, you're talking about Mark McVeigh Mark this... McVeigh is a good example like they cannot apply their trade anymore so this is their livelihood I mean here at Rooster Radio we talk about business and we talk about uh, you know building your own personal brand I mean think about it from your own work situation if you were you know slapped with something like this uh, from a personal brand perspective uh, you know this stuff sticks what and about imagine being told to step out of work for a year how does that impact you and your livelihood let's just continue with some of the scenarios you're Sam Mitchell who was runner up in the Brownlow the year that Joe Boyson won it mm-hmm. which will now have to be reconsidered um, but let's say he signs a contract months after coming runner up in the Brownlow if he'd gone on to win the Brownlow his next contract negotiations yep. both with his brands but also with the club would have to be you know $500,000 more than if he didn't win it that much you reckon how much is a Brownlow worth do you well they talk about a million dollars wow. in terms of endorsements bonuses club contract it, it's a big deal mm. so does Sam Mitchell have a case where he could sue the Essendon Footy Club for lost earnings I mean uh, our sources say they don't actually know where this is going to finish either and the 30 to 40 is perhaps a conservative what about as a club sponsor so let's say a few years ago you might have signed a three to five year deal not have, obviously not predicting how this is going to unfold if your name is attached to the Essendon Guernsey or you know your brand is aligned with Essendon Footy Club which you know, has been a premium sporting brand. How does this affect you as a company? What do you do? There's, there's, you would think, some legal liability there as well in terms of, um, you know, in good faith, you sponsor a club. 
this, this has a massive impact on your brand to be associated with Essendon. So I think the losses for the club, um, you know, if you think about it, if this, if Essendon was a standard business, they would be bankrupted from this. What about a waffle player who currently plays for a waffle club that gets called back up to the Essendon club now that they are short of players? Waffle clubs turn around and say, well, hang on, what does that mean for yeah. our performance, for our ability to... Well, West to Adelaide, you know, reigning premiers in the SNFL. I mean, we read today in the, in the paper that uh, the Bloods have had a call from Essendon who are scoping out their players already. So it has a massive impact at a, at a local footy level as well. But look, I think that's just the, the real minimum side of the impact of how this is going to unfold. Um, what about the opportunities? Opportunities, I mean, from an individual player at a local level, sure. There's opportunity. I mean, look, to be honest, um, I've been out of the game for about eight years. My knee's busted. I've thought about pulling on the... the Have you had a call yet? Look, I'm kind of waiting for it. <laughs> I've, I've dusted off the Sean Wren knee mattress. I'm going to strap myself up and maybe put my hand up because uh, who knows, you know, there might be an opportunity. Look, Begs, you know, you've probably need to do a bit of work on your rig. Um, you know, I know you do a bit of cycling, but you've been in better condition. But, you know, if you, if you work hard over the next month, you might be a chance as well. My wife does worry that with any sort of form of physical effort, my arms might fall off, yeah. that my shoulders might not cope. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in her lack of confidence. There's not much of an upper body um, there, so... In cycling, upper body's useless. No, exactly. It's, it's wasted weight. Um, I, I'm, I'm more focusing on your, uh, your core stability and your hamstring and gluteus mm. strength, Andrew. Yeah, look, no, I don't have much in the glutes, to be honest. What about if we move aside now from the the Essendon drama. I mean, uh, unless you've got any more closing thoughts. No, I don't. Look, it's been really interesting today in Melbourne. Um, you know, we're, we're hanging around the Players Association. And it was a pretty morbid... It was morbid. Um, there was media sort of mooching about the front. I don't know what they were looking for. Um, just trying to keep so keep oxygen, They I think, certainly didn't story. get a, a scoop like Rooster Radio. No, they didn't. They didn't get the scoop. Um, Look, I know they came up to us and sort of put the mic under our nose and we said, look, no comment, no comment. <laughs> um, it's going to be a Rooster Radio exclusive. So, look, I'm sure that the mainstream media are going to be tuning into this episode to try and actually find out what's going on. Um, but look, look we, just, we just don't know how this is going to unfold. The story's only just begun. Uh, we're talking about potential appeals in Switzerland. Um, is class there, action? Is there, any point? is there any point no. actually appealing this? No, I mean... And, that, and that's a little bit of my feeling is that the public sentiment says get this over and done with. Just just move on. And yes, it's unfair as players. Look, as I nibble on my slice of cheese here in the Qantas Club, what does this mean for the season ahead? I mean, well, is, it, is, it, is it going to be one of the ugliest AFL seasons? The thing that concerns me is I saw images recently on TV of the NRL Grand Final highlights of that pitted against the AFL Grand Final yep. and for the first time in a long time I actually thought that the NRL product overtook us and it was a thrilling NRL Grand Final and our Grand Final was boring. The dominance of yep. Hawthorne in the Grand Final meant that most of the viewers 
knew that the game was over by quarter time. Um, you looked at some of the, I guess, images of the ticker tape parade that um, Toby Thurston's had, which was an absolute fairy tale finish. Um, I'm worried that the AFL product is now thin, mm. and you've got the Melbourne Footy Club, the Gold Coast Footy Club. I mean, to a degree, you've got the Giants. You've got um, some of the, you know, better clubs struggling. It, it does it form an interesting start to 2016? I'm not sure it does. Who, who, who could win the grand final in your mind? Who could win it? Hawthorne, yeah, you know, straight away say Hawthorne. Geelong. It's the same. But it's the same group. I mean, terms. where's the big mover going to come from? I don't look. I mean, for me, I think Port Adelaide are going to be a big mover because I think that their slip last year was, I don't know, unexpected, and I, th- I think they're a better team than how they placed last year. But other than that, I think the game's pretty sterile. I think. You know, the sporting audience is a bit desensitised to it. As you said, NRL has a bit more X factor to it. Cricket's reinvented itself with its BBL. Um, you know, we're talking about how amazing A-league, that is. A-League continues to get yeah. stronger. You know, I think other sports are moving. Uh, yeah, they've all got their challenges, but the AFL has had a really tough couple of years. And... You know, I can feel it slipping like like you. Like it's hard to it's hard to put a finger on it. Well, unfortunately, it's I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. And I, the AFL's built a brand, a premium corporate brand, uh, disciplined, sterile, wholesome brand that I don't think actually matches what goes on at a grassroots level. In that people want characters, they want personalities, they want opinions. Football media is. I'll say it, boring as batshit. As soon as a player gets on a camera, I'll, I'll say it right now, I'll switch off. Mm. Because it's cliche after cliche. Um, it, it, it's nothing new. Mate, I, so I covered sport for about four years. And, you know, and in Adelaide, mostly AFL. And I remember the tipping point for me was, I think I'd done my fourth season of interviewing AFL draftees. And it was bloody Groundhog Day. Same kids, these scared 18-year-old kids straight out of school or SNFL. Um, same questions, same answers. It's like, you know, I'm not enjoying this. And bloody, the viewer is going to be hating this. Um, unless you're a fan and you can get excited by the... You know, sure, you can be excited by a new prospect, but they're telling you the exact same thing. It's the media manager from the club is over this kid's shoulder. Hang just, on, weren't you one of them? What? A media manager? Yeah, in both. In both sides. So I know how it works. Yeah. Um, Hang on, I just, remember, just to cut remember, in, yeah. I just want to acknowledge Qantas Club, and we don't have memberships, but we, and we do understand that Qantas is a big listener of ours. And on the board it said our, our flight is, is scheduled to leave at the appropriate time. The Qantas board now tells you when you should start walking. It's got a column which says walk, and we're supposed to walk in three minutes. What? It even tells us that the, the, the temperature in Adelaide is 27 degrees. Now, Qantas.com.au, at Qantas. Um, we don't have memberships, but we are a big fan of your departures board. And we would like memberships. You said it. <laughs> I'm thinking it. <laughs> so given that we should start walking... Um, well, we've got three minutes. 
Okay. So can you just maybe wrap up? I want some summarised thoughts. This might be the call out now. Sydney? Are we going to uh, Sydney? Sydney? No. Um, my thoughts are, let's recap and, and, and reiterate this idea that let's not conf... It's inconsiderate. You know, we've, just, we've got a Randy Qantas and now you're mm. talking over us and mm. that's just... Rude. Very yep. rude. Let's not confuse unfair with the right decision. Absolutely the right decision. Absolutely unfair for the players. The ramifications, unprecedented. And I think they will extend higher than the 30 to $40 million. Um, I can't see it where you can draw the lines with, with potential lawsuits. Um, albeit, I think they will be lumped into one class action. So every athlete or, or player that has been affected by this will, under, will work out what the dollar figure is for them and they will join the class action and they'll probably take a bit of a discount and it will be settled um, out, of out of court. Because, I mean, Essendon does not want this dragging on for another year, another two years. It just doesn't help them at how all. They, how are they going to pay for this? Well, they're a rich club and they've got a lot of funds. And not, all I know is that they have made decisions in the past which have been expensive decisions. And this is, again, one of them. And they've always been able to fund them. So they've got the money. Um, but what what this will create is a, is a bit of a lag. You look, Carlton never recovered from the draft pick um, bans that they received when they tampered with the draft and, and salary cap. And I think the lag for Essendon will, will hang over for the next five to ten years. I can't see Essendon doing anything significant over the next ten years. Not with the draft, not with the financial, the brand reputation. I mean, would you want your young son being drafted to the Essendon Footy Club? No, not at the moment. And I think every right, you've got every right as an 18-year-old for this upcoming draft to say, I don't want my son going there. I mean, mm -hmm. can, what about the draftees this year? Yeah. I mean, you've got well, to... they're going to get the number one pick, aren't they? No, no, but I mean, what if you were drafted in November last year? You're a young kid. You're now going to oh, walk, yeah. you're now going to walk into a side that has 12 of its best players well, you're not playing. Time. Well, you will, maybe one, but is, one is getting game time when you're beat, getting beaten by 100 points... Good for your development? I don't think so. Um, Are they going to be competitive? Do you reckon? Can they no. be competitive? No. 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 And they don't deserve to be. It's a travesty if they are. I mean, that's the dilemma. If they are competitive, what does that say about the current system? Um, it, ma it makes for an ugly season. Let's be honest. Andrew, just to cut in again. It's always cutting in. If we were supposed to walk three minutes ago and now it's gone out to five minutes what does that mean can time I'm, I'm go backwards confused. I mean how how actually far away are we from the gate I mean we're not actually we're, we need a gopher we're like 15 minutes walk I think Melbourne is a big airport, it is a big airport. but well, I think it I think it is probably a good good time to depart our rooster radio yeah look it's been really 2016. I'm glad that we set up here and we've, we've been getting a few strange looks uh, but well, everyone's got their corporate look on, so they're pretending that they, you know, they're all very serious. And here we are, with, I'm holding a microphone. Yeah. Um, I might even take a selfie, so yeah, we those who follow us avidly... Yeah, just take it now. We'll just, just Have we got any, Can we sh shout out to any of our avid listeners? Tony Vrulis? Tony Vrulis, yeah, look, he's great. He's, um, Mark Stewart from Classic Contractors. Mark Stewart. 
Jack Errington, who runs a personal training group. Um, yeah, so here we go. Let's just take this photo. Beautiful. And for all those who do look at it, we've got our Qantas Club faces on. Serious, yep. stern, corporate. corporate. We're currently boarding. There it is. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to the Rooster Radio Podcast, hosted by Tracks Leadership's James Begley and Apiro Consulting's Andrew Montesi.